Gilman Scholars, this is your captain speaking. Get ready for takeoff. Listeners, this is the A. Gilman Podcast, brought to you by your favorites, the Gilman Scholarship Program. My name is Sarah Murray, and I have the honor of being your host, as well as the honor of reminding you all to please like and subscribe to this podcast, leave a review, five stars, you know the whole shebang. And I don't know about the rest of you all, but I've become more aware of my carbon footprint in this past year. I'm noticing how much plastic comes with my takeout orders, how frequently I might have opted to take a rideshare service versus a train, and so much more. And then it occurred to me, maybe there is no better time to think about sustainability than in April, which is a month that Earth Day has called home since 1970. But above all, now that vaccines are being distributed in full force and travel will begin to resume, It is important that we think about how we can ensure safe travels for ourselves, future Gilman Scholars, but also for our planet. Now, the Gilman Scholarship recognizes that climate change and how study abroad impacts it, it is a vast and complex issue. So here to divulge with me a bit more on the topic is Gilman alumna Mariana Zapata, a sustainability travel writer and the newest addition to the writing team behind the travel website, Far and wide. Thanks for joining me today, Mariana. Thank you, Sarah, and it's so great to be here. Uh, yeah, so I'm a travel and sustainability writer, though I also cover other things like food, lifestyle, uh, culture, and history. And I'm currently a staff writer at Far and Wide, but I've also been published in places like NBC News, Thrillist, Atlas Obscura, and other places. Thanks so much for telling us all about your wonder for self and all of your cool and amazing accolades. Um, so first and foremost, you come from a very multicultural background, which I think is just amazing. Um, I'd love for you to tell us a bit more about your background, history, and all things that are about you, aside from just your amazing work that you do, and what kind of multicultural and sort of intersectional experiences you also had while traveling abroad with the Gilman Scholarship. Yeah, so I was actually born in Colombia and I was raised there until I was 10 uh, and then we my family moved to Miami so I think that's like the first uh very potlucky like uh you know just all my friends were from different countries it was very diverse and then first like voluntary so to say experience abroad was really or just living abroad was was with the Gilman scholarship I went to Paris um, and then after I graduated college, I went back to France to work as an English teacher. And then I actually went back to live in Colombia for either, about a year and a half. And wow. then I've just like, and kind of like hopping around the world. So I, I worked in New York for a couple of months. Then I lived in Korea and Seoul for eight, about 18 months. And then afterwards I had like a, a digital nomad <laughs> face <laughs> um, before the virus happened. And then, you know, now I'm, I'm currently in Miami staying put for the time being. Well, definitely. But your international experience is really formally kicked off with Gilman. So yeah, I definitely, definitely take credit. I take credit for your entire career. No, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. And like you've already mentioned, you had the benefit of being able to have an exchange experience in person. 
But both fortunately and unfortunately, the Gilman Scholarship and scholars alike have had to adapt their originally scheduled in-person exchange or international experiences even in general to virtual ones. And Mm -hmm. however, like we do think about the fortunate benefits for this push for virtual exchange because there were some, despite this push coming out of necessity, but accessibility is most definitely one of them, which is something that we were actually chatting about a little bit earlier um, when I had a chance to chat with you. But now that we are formally here to chat together again, what were some of the benefits of like virtual internationalization that we talked about and that you've also know from sort of your area of expertise? So, I mean, I definitely think that there is, you know, it's complicated because like it is different to to be in a place and like live there and be kind of immersed, um, which is why people want to do it in person. But I, I do think that it has the, the potential to be more accessible. I mean, there are a lot of people who, um, for whom it can be much more difficult to move to a, to a foreign country. A lot of people just, just need a specific network of support that, that they wouldn't have there alone in a country. Um, so I, I do think that there has been like this, this surge of, of, of opening the world to people for whom travel and study abroad wasn't really possible before. And I actually saw an article, for example, in France, they're like teaming up like French language students with like French people, um, French, like elderly people who are stuck at home and like they're having like a cultural exchange through that. And like, so things like that, like really wouldn't really happen, have happened before the pandemic. Um, and I think that's, that's like, uh, one of the, one of the beautiful things is that we, we, it has opened up a lot of possibilities that we just hadn't thought about before. Especially when talking about the virtual advances that we've made out of this past year, it also is because we have such advanced technology as well. I can only imagine that the idea of virtual exchange would not have been as complex and as varied in the best way possible 15 years ago. But because oh, yeah. we have had this technology now, this is obviously, again, coming out of an unfortunate necessity, the best time for this, I would say, advancement and creativity of virtual exchange to have had to happen. And you've explained a little bit already the environmental impact of virtual exchange is something that really should be highlighted and reflected upon when we look back at 2020. Um, and you were also, again, somewhat of an expert on the issue as you are a freelance <laughs> journalist who has who writes pieces within sort of this niche of sustainability and also travel, which some may even say is kind of an oxymoron. <laughs> so first and foremost, how did you find yourself in this career path? And how did you sort of find this niche of writing? Um, honestly, it was, it was a little random in a way. Uh, I think I've always been one of those people who like just didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I was just like, <laughs> I was playing it by ear. Um, and you know, I think that that's, that's fine. Uh, I was actually reading a, a book about it. Uh, and it, it says like, that's actually really good. Cause like when people get to experience different things, then they can like, when, when they choose what they want, like they're, you know, much, they're much more or less likely to change career paths, but also like they bring sure. like a wealth of experience that other people in the area don't have. So, um, 
yeah so I think I just you know I just wanted to travel to be honest like that was that was my priority <laughs> for a long time and um I started just writing travel articles uh to to earn extra money and um and then eventually I started getting more serious about it I realized like I think there was a moment where I realized like, oh, you can actually get paid like a decent amount for for this. And I like it. And and I also like reading about it. So so it's like content that I enjoy consuming and that I think is important that has helped me a lot throughout my travels so to, to just like learn about different things. And then I think in South Korea, like the whole sustainability, like I think I always cared about the environment, but it just like South Korea made it really click. First of all, they're also like amazing at recycling. They actually recycle like 95% of all food waste in the country. I mean, it's it's incredible. And I could talk about it a million times, but I think I just started questioning those things. Like, how can I travel better? How can I reduce my own impact? And then that just naturally became like, those two became like my main niche like travel and sustainability and it's like the two things that I care the most about um so it just made sense to write about them because that's what I like to do (laughs) yeah no I I haven't had the pleasure of traveling to Seoul but I have had similar moments traveling abroad um something that I noticed as well and that when I had the chance to travel to China many years ago I remember walking off the plane and feeling like I walked into a wall and I was like wait what's happening it was the air Uh, So just all these things to think about that I'm so happy we're discussing, but I would love to expand even further on this for our audience. Because you've had a chance to travel for work and then also travel as an exchange student with Gilman, is there anything specific that you can recall from the specifics of studying abroad, either, I don't know, like the the length of certain study abroad programs, the structure of them, or maybe even the, the types of traveling people will do when they're within or in, I should say, certain host countries and certain host continents that tend to have larger environmental impacts or I would even say habits that maybe are more commonly adapted during exchange that are also not best for the planet yeah that's a really interesting question I do think like um student exchange is a very specific travel experience and I think it's it's like such a wonderful beautiful thing but uh sure I mean I think one of the, the the things that I probably every exchange student um, who is able to does is just like visit other countries and like try to travel as much as you can that can add up to to a lot, especially if you're doing like you know a weekend at a different country every every week, basically. Mm. Um, at the same time, like it is it is it is valid to want to see more places. And my, what I have learned is that, you know, I, I mean, I've been traveling basically for like 10 years. And I think what I've learned is like slower is always better in a way. Mm. Um, if you, if it's possible, like obviously, and that comes with like money restraint and time restraint, but, but if it's possible to do things slowly. And so that's obviously better for the environment. And I think socially, it's also better just because over tourism is such a huge problem um I think and then yeah I think it's kind of like what I was saying about South Korea I think that living somewhere definitely helps to pick habits or like 
you know, the way that you do things. And that can be really good. Like me, like being so much more aware of how I was presenting trash is because that's how the South Korean system is. Um, I think it could also work the, the other way around. Unfortunately, there's countries where there isn't the infrastructure to recycle at all. So like, even if you do want to throw something away responsibly, like the system just isn't there. Yeah. Um, maybe there's things that you can do to, to try to use less things that are recyclable, like using more, more glass and like reusing it or something, but you can't just recycle when that system doesn't exist. I appreciate your insight here because I know that when I was reflecting upon my own study abroad experience, preparing to chat with you today, I was thinking to myself that, you know, when I was home, I do my best to recycle, be conscious about my water usage and, you know, electricity and such. Electricity I was able to maintain when I was abroad, but I was in Australia and when it was hot and I didn't have air conditioning, I took so many cold showers <laughs> just to stay cool. And yeah. frankly, I use a reusable water bottle but I don't think I did, I did that much recycling. I couldn't tell you where the recycling was where I lived if I wasn't on campus. And frankly, I could have done more to make those extra steps and would have taken more time, yes, but take those extra steps to figure out how I could have properly adapted my at-home routines to Australia. Since infrastructure-wise, they aren't too dissimilar at all. Appreciate that segue, though, that you just mentioned of things that you can do while you're abroad, because you are the best person, frankly, to advocate for sustainable practices that someone can adopt while they're abroad. Um, what have you discovered in your travels has lessened your international carbon footprint while you've been either on exchange or traveling for work? What have you adopted as like, your day-to-day practices? Yeah, um, I think in terms of travel, definitely trying to to go, I mean, trying to not go in a plane as much, like if it's possible, uh, you know, taking a train, taking a bus. And again, one thing that I do want to say about this, because people get really confused, is like, it also at one point, if it's really far away, it's better to take a plane. You have to be constantly, and it's exhausting, and you have to be constantly like, thinking like, what is the best option? And also the realistic option, again, because like you you can't you don't control the world the systems of a country you don't control the supply chain of places so but i think that one thing that i always try to do is i always have my my own reusable water bottle and that's just like i think one of the easiest ways easiest things that you can do uh for travel what i personally do is i also have like um a uv light um purifier for water yeah, that's, that has been a, a really easy thing. I also have, like, you know, reusable, like, my reusable straw, my reusable, like, utensil kit that's, like, really tiny. And I think really just, like, trying to, to be conscious about how and and where you're spending your money. Because I think sustainability, people really think is just environmental. And that is definitely, like, a, a huge part of it. But it's also social. It's also economic. I mean, there's so many things. So... If you're traveling somewhere, can you stay somewhere that's local? Uh, that's like a, a great way to be sustainable, honestly, like because that money is staying in the country and it's staying within the community rather than going oh. to some multi-million company that's only giving money in like, oh yeah, like they're employing the locals, but like the vast majority of that wealth 
is not staying within the country. No, 100%. You you very much have just blown my mind because, yes, did everything you just say kind of overwhelm me in the most way possible? Like, whoa, that's a lot to do before I go abroad next. Yes, it's so overwhelming. It did. But to be honest, that I think is what the steps we need to do going forward as travelers who have the infrastructure in America and access to the information and you want to appreciate the country but you also want others to be able to have a country to visit to as well after Mm -hmm. you're gone and be conscious of your carbon footprint in its fullest cycle so that just that was really important and I hope our (laughs) listeners took note of that because that was just that was thank you critical no and I know that it is it's super overwhelming but I kind of find like it's like the price of admission it's like when you go to somebody's house like you're not gonna like put your feet on the table and like (laughs) take your pants off like and like you're very aware of being super polite and it's like the same it's like you are a guest and like this is not like a right that you have to go to another country it's like literally like you are so lucky and it's a huge privilege and like you do need to act like that and I think like it's so much work but at the same time, yes. it's like, well, that's what we need to do in order to, to earn that's, the right to even go somewhere. No, that was a perfect analogy. And like we have kind of mentioned, or the news has mentioned several times as well, that this pandemic has brought a lot of fear, loss, despair. And while we while we've been asked to limit our time outside, and as a result, the planet has flourished in ways that we haven't seen in years dare i say almost generations not just like i mentioned like better air quality like you've already flagged before but could you highlight for me as well as our audience what have been some of the other benefits that we've noticed from quote-unquote being stuck inside for the past year and what do those benefits really tell us about our habits as humans yeah I think, well, yeah, like you said, the air quality went down in, in a lot of cases. I mean, there's some really cool maps if people want to look it up. It's like, you know, Italy before and after, China before and after, the US before and after. And you can see like the red zones is like, oof, like the air just clears up. And that people don't think that air pollution is a big deal, but like literally so many people die of air pollution every year in the world. So it's all like wildlife coming back to places where they hadn't been in a while, coming back. Uh, and I think that's another huge thing that we need to think about as travelers and as, as human beings, honestly. It's like We always think of us just like, oh, how are you going to have enough space for people for like 7 billion and plus, you know, and counting like human beings that exist. And like, I don't think that we really talk about like, we need to share the space with other <laughs> species. Like, it's not just like, where are we going to put people? It's like, you need to have space for people. And then all these other species need a lot of land as well. Well, we have talked a lot, just so you yourself have been a resource for our audience and for other travelers alike, just to learn and understand more about our apple, like sort of, um, what did you say before? That was a fantastic phrase, sort of like the, um, the app, like the, like the fee for going abroad, like what you take upon yourself to make sure that you are a sustainable member or a sustainable guest of someone else's community but I also want to know about other resources what places that you have relied upon to sort of learn what you know um, and where students can go to utilize information about how to travel as carbon neutral as possible so 
where have you gone to learn more about these issues and topics and help yourself to travel more sustainably? And where could we recommend um, students and alumni who have a travel bug, thanks to Gilman? Where can we go to learn more about how to be responsible travelers and travel carbon neutral and such? Yeah, I think one one good thing about about right now is that sustainability is a buzzword, and that makes it so much easier to to find these resources. So really, I mean, I I think any travel website, most travel websites right now, and even most newspapers uh, or news sites have like a sustainability. I really personally just really like Condé Nast Traveler. I mean, I read it every day. Um, there's like a lot of, of groups on Facebook uh, that are actually pretty good resources for when you need to ask country-specific questions. So I would definitely look for Facebook groups. The, the good thing about what you said is like, this is happening at the best moment kind of, just because like technology allows for connection and for finding the resources. And I think the U.S. is producing so much information about that and I think people want to people people want to travel better there's so many blogs there's so many there's like Instagram accounts based just on like sustainable travel journey so the good, the good thing is like there's a lot of uh of sort of resources for people that want to do it and also watch documentaries <laughs> As if for some reason our listeners and future students who are studying abroad don't have reason enough to care about being carbon neutral, recycling, reducing the whole enchilada when it comes to sustainable travel. Could you just briefly break down ultimately why should students, especially those who are embarking on study abroad journeys, care about all these sustainable practices while they're abroad? So I think like... I think that everybody should care because in my opinion, this is the only, this is the thing that is affecting every single living being. Like this is the issue that like, no matter how rich you are, no matter who you are, where you come from, this affects you. And again, people think like, oh no, like there's air pollution. You're definitely eating microplastics. You are affected by it right now. Everybody is affected. So I don't understand how people don't care because it's like, this isn't like, oh, for my kids. It's like now. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, I am very, very sad to say, but this is <laughs> the end of at least our conversation for today. But to conclude this episode, I always ask our guests this question, but for you, I'll put a bit of a spin on it. Um, Mariana, what is your dream sustainable travel destination or sustainable international experience <laughs> that you want to have and inspire others to partake in in the near future? Oh my God. <laughs> I have always wanted to go to Borneo and there's this lodge that is super expensive. So I don't know if I'll ever be able to get there, but it's really like all their work is really cool. Again, it's like locally. It's like you know not only they work with locals but it's locally owned and they do a lot of things like orangutans uh just like preserving orangutans and like it's like it's like right in the middle of the rainforest and it's like just like you know built with wood and like they do a lot of community education projects try to like bring down like plastic waste in the community uh it's called borneo ecological i mean 
But most importantly, I want all of our listeners to have a chance to get in contact with you and find and read some of your articles. So where can they chat with you? Where can they read more about all that you do after this episode airs? Yeah. So my my website is, my name is Mariana Zapata and then H, which is my second last name, dot com. And I do have my email address in there as well. And yeah, I would love to, you know, if anybody has a question, I love talking about this. All my friends and family are sick of hearing me talk about it. So if people want to talk about it, I will be more than happy to. Fantastic. Well, it has been a pleasure, Mariana, having you. I feel like we could have chatted for so much longer, but we have to cut it off at some point somewhere. Please, listeners, if you haven't done so already, listening to the Skywest conversation with this lovely Gilman alumna, please don't forget to leave a review and subscribe before you go today. And stay tuned for our next episode that will be launching May 3rd. Till next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>